tonight I got a feeling that the cards just ain't right I'm so salty, must not give in to rage And I'm wondering what those rollers will say Scarves to the left of me, cheers to the right Here I am, gonna roll a derby tonight Gonna roll a derby tonight Gonna roll a derby tonight Yay, everybody, welcome to a midweek episode of the Sydney Roller Derby uh, I'm your host Simkoff and here on this makeup episode with me is uh, Remedy Hello, how's it going? A birdie, aka Toriadori What's up boys? I'm glad to be back after a little bit of a sabbatical last week But I'm excited to uh, talk about the new shit yeah, and nobody else is here. It's just us three. Um, the power, a power trio today, if you will. Okay. Yeah, we cut instead the fat, the, you know. Yeah, we cut the fat. Instead of the usual horsemen of the L5R apocalypse, we're a, we're a power trio. Um, Trinity. Cool. So, Trinity. We are the the L5R fortune Trinity. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut our losses. Let's cut our losses. This analogy is going nowhere. Um, cool, man. So, uh, this is recorded on uh, late Sunday night where three ECs have just been completed, uh, Elemental Championships. Uh, we're still deep in the Children of the Emperor map meta. Well, really, we're like week two deep into it and things are starting to become apparent. So, I think, you know, today we'll probably just walk through a little bit uh, on uh, what's going on with... So- uh, so I haven't yep. seen the results of any of these apart from a photo of Anil winning, which doesn't surprise anyone, I'm sure, at this point. But um, I believe he won with Phoenix, right? And what were the other results? Because I didn't even know there were three going So there was, there was a tournament in Madrid, which is uh, in Spain, for those of you following along with Spanish geography. Uh, and Gustavo <laughs> Caperin Gustavo Caperin won it. Uh, he was playing Phoenix and he was splashing Dragon, fairly similar to, to Anil. Uh, and then we also had... Um, and Anil, just for those of you, who, aka MD, he won in Evansville, Indiana, uh, which is in the United States of his Americas uh, with Phoenix Dragon. And then we also had a tournament in Sheffield, Yorkshire in England. Uh, Rob Smith, who won, I think it might be his third. It's at least his second uh, EC, but he's a bit of a monster. Um, and he won with, uh, he, was, he was playing Phoenix and he was splashing Dragon. So yeah, three results. Uh, very, very similar. It feels like Phoenix is... Pretty strong in the post-coat meta. Thoughts? Share them? Well, for starters, that's cool that Sheffield had one. I think that's a pretty cool town, city, city, town. Uh, we've got friends from there, so shout out to Sheffield. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, Phoenix, Phoenix, just, I don't know, have you guys played much with them? I've been playing a bit of yeah. the good stuff deck. It just feels like it doesn't have weaknesses. Like, there's no... It kind of feels like Dragon did at the end of last season where there were just very few holes in the deck and you kind of had to get a little lucky or, um, you know. I think Dishonor is still the one game plan that can kind of challenge it. What do you guys think? Yeah, I certainly know that um, the Scorpion Duelist deck, which I've been probably putting the most volume into, uh, is probably I'm fairly comfortable with the Phoenix matchup, but I do know playing most other clans, um, it's pretty tough i'll tell you about a lion deck later on which i played a tournament today which i feel is okay versus phoenix i know you might, might combat me on it but i'll tell you my experiences but in general i feel most other matchups are pretty Just to tough. clarify is this phoenix deck uh are we all three running tadaka and five fires like was it were they all pretty similar builds? And Uji- well i can't speak to the deck list of the other guys but i can okay. only assume uh, I definitely know that that Anil was running, you know, two five fires and you know the old embrace the void, and, yeah, all all of the good stuff. The Tadakas, yeah, the so, Ujiners, I think he's so even the deck, Yeah, too. so as Bert's saying, the, it doesn't have very few weaknesses because it not only can shut down your opponent's hand, it can shut down your opponent's board at the same time. Um, yeah, which very other decks can yeah, do. So pre- presumably, with without five fires, they would have. Um, less ascendancy against big tower dueling decks right because the, the the benefit of having five fires and just so so they have they have guys with lots of skill they don't have the jewels but with five fires they can equalize remove the tower and then take the game over that way um i think without five fires the matchups would be pretty even like against dragon dueling or crane dueling or something um yeah it's interesting i i i love that five fires is in the game 
and I want it to stay in the game because there needs to be a safeguard against, you know, putting seven fate on a guy and just towering him and using him in five conflicts with stuff like Indomitable Will or against the waves or whatever. So I think that card's like necessary. I think it gets pretty sickening when it's combined with Embrace the Void. And then Tadaka, in my opinion, Tadaka should be the first card to be permanently banned in L5R. It's a... Uh... I think it. I think it's. It's It is limiting design space, right? I was. I was thinking today about how I keep thinking of all these event-only decks that run. Is it test of skill? I think the card is. I was like, oh, this be really cool to kind of gain hand advantage and stuff. And then I realized that because Tadaka is in the game, it actually just locks me out of ever thinking about that deck because I. I can't run an event-only deck because Tadaka exists and if I run an attachment tower deck the five fires kills that deck so it just feels like I'm stuck in this middle like this weird place where my deck building because of one matchup um has been limited or stifled to a certain extent um and I just I every time Tadaka hits the table like Bert you played that Tadaka against me when we were playing that HMT matchup and it was just it just Mm -hmm, it just locked me out of the game and I, I just was like, this is so frustrating because against any other clan, I can burst through. But against Tadaka, it's like I've my whole hand is dead of like 12 cards. So I wanted to tell you a, a, a cool story. So today, uh, I went to a local tournament at uh, Next Level Games. Shout out to those to Andy down at uh, Ringwood, who does a great job in organizing those tournaments. And, and Glenn's actually there usually on the, on the, the every second Thursday to help out uh, to, to run the local night down there. But um, today we had a, had a bit of a strong old tournament um, and Hugh, who we've mentioned before on the podcast, who's a very strong crane player, probably our strongest local crane player, he um, won again and so he, he he won the tournament and it was against J, uh, JK, who's occasionally on our, our pod and is a fellow roller, who was playing the Phoenix Good Stuff deck. Um, he's got some interesting choices in his Phoenix deck, which I think a lot of uh, the Phoenix constabulary might disagree with, which we could talk about in a second. But what was really interesting was the way that Hugh actually closed it out is, is JK had Tadaka and Ujina on board and, you know, a a rotating band of weenies as support, but he had like the death combo on board. Um, And Hugh uh, on, on Jay's box had a one of route in his deck. And that one of route sent Tadaka home and it, allowed him to actually break the box and one of the things that Hugh was telling me was that he had and this is you know prior to even even that phoenix game starting but like you know he does run a bunch of one ofs to and specifically because of Tadaka. and so he's got like one of route one of fallen in battle uh one of you know there's a few different like sort of spice cards and i think that as the card pool deepens I know that, like, you know, it does warp the deck, the meta a little bit by having to make your decks with a bunch of one-offs, but I think there's no problem at all in having a few spicy one-meatballers. What do you guys think about that? Well, I, I've always loved one-offs. I, I'm a huge one-off fan, and in our world's deck, Ben, we had a lot of one-offs. Oh, yeah, it, <laughs> we is, certainly did. <laughs> and I think it's, it's first of all, it's surprise factor. Second of all, stuff like dodging Tadaka. And third of all, having a spread of effects in a deck is powerful. It's innately powerful to have many many varied effects as opposed to granted you, you overall your deck's power level might be slightly lower right because you lose it like you cut your third bonsai for a karmic twist say so, yeah. so you lose a little bit of consistency and whatnot but you gain sometimes you'll blow games out and so i love i absolutely love fallen in battle and i think that card has been being slept on all the way since core i've tried playing it in line a lot but i think with cards like duelist training becoming really really playable it becomes a lot stronger fallen in battle um because you bow their their tadaka for example win the conflict and then just annihilate him so i'm, I had, I'm a huge I had, fan of it i had i was running a lion deck today um that was uh splashing three um feral ninos aka fish boy and two subdue the spirits it was pretty, pretty good. Subdue the spirits can give you like just the most disgusting force bumps when you're on the on box. But uh, one of the things that it did do was it had that uh, true con- true strike kenjutsu or whatever it's called, the yep. new lion yep, thing. It. And yeah, and so quite a few times I was able. I'm running two fallen in battles because it's it's weird to say this, but fallen in battles is a consistent card in that deck now. Um, and I got I got a my favorite scalp of the day 
was was Toshimoko <laughs> was used oh, Toshimoko. Dude, that, nothing and feels better than that. It had like you know a Morimoto's Day Show on it. It had like a whole bunch of stuff on it, right? Um, and but I managed to actually just get there. Um, so who gets to trigger first? If if you're first player, you get first to player in battle. First player. So the, <laughs> That's so awesome. The, so what the beautiful thing was, right, is I was first player. So it doesn't matter whether it's a win or a lose effect. It's just like, you know, that's it, that win or lose trigger space, that's the same window. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, so I, I got to fall in a battle before he could do that. Um, and how did that feel, duel. Benjamin? It felt really, really good. I still lost the game, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it felt really... I actually lost the game because of another, t- another Toshimoko. He bought out a second Toshimoko later on, and I was on box, and I had... With, with the help of subdue away the spirits, I was on like an absurd force and I still had more more military skill to come because I had like a charge and a, on a general as well available. But like it didn't matter because I didn't, I'd used, I'd use like my force pumps to turn on my defend your honor in earlier conflicts. So oh, I couldn't yeah, make yeah. a single guy, like his Toshimoko was pumped right, right, right up. And so I couldn't have a single guy that was big enough. I needed at least to have ex- the same, one of my characters to have the same force as you know, so you as Toshimoko. need a spicy yeah. one of stay your hand. That's what you needed in your deck, Ben. <laughs> Make more spicy one offs. That's it. I think That's I think it. a one of stay your hand. Yeah. No, I I think one offs are fine because it, like you said, it's a surprise factor. I would just say that the consistency of that route draw when you're on box is not there. Like it's great that he could crush, like get through oh, the yeah, Phoenix, yeah. but like Jay probably didn't pump up Tadaka. There's a whole thing, you know. There's a whole series of things that led to why there's route. a whole chain, and Jay Jay later realized, yeah, and he he certainly later realized that there was probably a um, you know, he said he was being greedy, and in the future he's still learning how to. I mean, he's traditionally been a a crab player. He's played a bit of crane too, but you know, he's he was saying he's still learning how to play his phoenix deck. And one of the things he realized he should have done was just like yeah, game block. Yeah, he it's, got a really greedy. He left. He yeah, left. But it's Ujinera still awesome to kind of get those surprise wins. I've always liked route and strength and numbers. Like the move home cards. Oh. Yeah, I mean they're they're quite nice. I think, I think route back in last year at Can the first CanCon, uh, which was kind of the first Australian sort of big big Australian tournament we had. I think route featured heavily in your winning deck there, but mate, that that's a uh, last minute change. Last minute plus one route to go to two. It, that, it that saved me. Saved me in couple games. Yeah. Like just being able to deal with the Kachiko, so, you. Wait, you were playing yeah, route one of, for the Ujiaki. That's I nice. just, I just I was like, like I can't, I can't be bothered dealing with these characters with clouds, so we just send them out of the conflicts. <laughs> so maybe I, I might just uh, like we could talk about each of the clans a little bit quickly, but I, I wouldn't mind just sharing my experience about playing Lion post coat. I have really enjoyed it. There's a lot of different ways to play it, but forgetting about whether you think they're tier zero or you think they're like absolute gutter trash deal, forgetting about the relative, um, you know, uh, power level is I think previous, you know, in, in the recent times, pre-coat is quite often have been described as miserable to play because you just feel like you got a hand and nothing. And even if you could play your hand, you can't really do anything. And you really felt, well, I mean, at least I did. I always felt fairly helpless for the last probably six months or so playing line. But now with uh, two key cards, hand-to-hand and Defend Your Honor. Defend Your Honor, I'll tell you what, that card is absolutely fantastic. Um, and I've just really had a ball playing them and they feel super playable. Um, and, you know, I don't feel miserable about it at all. Like there are answers for everything. And, you know, the opponent might have answers to your answers. That's fine. But like, you're still in it and you've still got moves you can make. And, and I think there's so many different ways of playing them. And I've rediscovered Old Box. I've just kind of put hmt to the side for the time being and i've concentrated on you know making my you know probably playing less conflict characters and more um balanced deck with balanced attachments and bonsais and like other force pumps and stuff and i don't know it's had a lot of fun have you have you have you touched a uh, line much since coat but i would just like to take credit for saying that hmt was unplayable trash it turns out that has been resolved <laughs> you did you did say um, that and, and yeah. yojin's back and i'm correct as usual, but um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm not so masochistic to play to play a lot of lions since coat. Uh, my my big problem with it, um, it's good that you're having fun with it, man. Like I've always found lion incredibly fun. That's never been the problem for me. Um, but losing, you know, you know, seven out of ten games to 
what I consider like weak opposition or just random Jigoku jungle games that it eventually wakes Jigoku you down. jungle. And the big problem... <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm problem, not losing <laughs> to, to jungle though, man. Like That's seriously. Good. Like, That's good. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm, I'm definitely... And I'm having really... Like the games as Phoenix, they're super, super exciting and fun. Um, and, and they definitely feel interactive until basically I feel like when you were, when, when our best deck was HMT, uh, you kind of had till turn three and then you expired. I feel like now against Phoenix, you've got till turn four, against Phoenix. <laughs> like until, until they, until the Tadaka lock comes down. Um, like, yeah, I'm running a few one-offs and there's certain Sabotage. things that can help, Sabotage but right. like the, like if you're keeper, no, no. if you're yeah. keeper, oh, you can I guess. Did you, keeper. Do you feel I'm like Lion splashes? Um, my big. Do you feel like sorry? Do you feel like Lion? I feel like Lion of all the clans, you could splash any of the seven clans and build a pretty fun deck. It's like, beautiful. I was playing Cranberry. Yeah, I mean, the, but the reason that's that's plausible though is because the core deck is weak. So it's like, oh, I I lose five percent of of my win rate, but it's not a big deal. No, I, win rate. I think, not why I'm I, think it, I think now it's changed. <laughs> no, I think, that's I think it's like, it. I think you could go like, I want to build a Dishonor Lion deck and you can go with Scorp or Dragon and it'll do quite well. Or you could be like, I want to go aggro and you can go Crane um, or Phoenix. Well, maybe um, and then if you wanted to try a control deck, you can go Unicorn um, or Crab. I, I just think there's like a lot of, like to me, there's very like clear ways you could build the decks and each of them, you're right, would have the same fundamental dynasty side probably with a few changes to the four cost um and two cost slide. Um but the but the conflict deck, like you said, it's it's quite weak for the lion cards, but you can kind of mix there. It's getting yeah. better, man. It's getting better I, and there's more neutrals. It my, really is. Like my big problem with Lion still, and it's I think this part of it has gotten far worse over time, is the lack of core game plan. There's no, there's no core identity to your deck, and so you you can you can play at playing other another clan's game plan. Like you could yeah you could try and dishonor people, but you're gonna get destroyed by, you know, Daisho dueling decks who are just siphoning honor from your weenies, or you can try and play you know a crane splash that has political rivals and other sacrifices, but you're just better off playing crane. And so my big problem ha- has been for for a long time now is just that. There's no one thing that Lion's best at. Like every other clan has one one way to attack the game that they're best at. And so you have it and then you can make variations on that. And I just feel like that's just absent for Lion. And I'm hoping the clan packs you set. Yeah, I hope so too. The thing that they should be best at is like generating lots and lots of military force whilst they're attacking. <laughs> like I mean that's Lion, right? Rush, 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 aggro. Which but in like, way in a way they are. Like one in one in almost, five. Conflicts, like Phoenix they'll... can generate a lot of skill. I think yeah. I think the they're charge the for greater glory is kind of neutered what they were meant to be the best at. They were meant to be like we win a whole heap like by breaking one province, but we have cards that gain a uh, long longer term value than that conflict from from that break. Like, um, like a momentum, momentum yeah. as an identity. For greater, for greater glory will not come off no, unless cavalry no, like, reserves goes. No, on, I know. I don't but I'm just saying, like so. to me, that's what they that's what they were. That that they were the momentum yeah. decks, and then um, yeah, the restricted list happened. I also think the other thing that they're they're fair at that other clans are not fair at is they don't have unbow other than Sashimono for like post conflict. So like. So like every other clan can like ready their tower after the conflict's over, but for Lion you have to pay two fate and like show that it's there, and then everyone's running attachment hate. So you, it's like it's not like against the waves or uh, mountain doesn't fall. One fate, man. No, no, you got you got one what, fate. What's option. that? You've got the um the 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 one fate attachment which is straight in the- yeah, that requires you win rings, and I haven't been able to win rings in the clan for like you know seven or eight months. Mate, so. you gotta you've been, <laughs> you you've been away rings? for a while. Like you, you'll be surprised. I'm you gonna I'll rings, send right? you. Uh, yeah, you I played. No, I, pl- I played a lot of Lion prior to coat. Like in the well, mate, you got it's a different. Forget forget pre coat. That's a different clan. Like I just don't. I just clan. don't see that. I just I just don't see it, man. I mean, I, it's I'll okay. You can. Fun. You know what? You know what? I'm I'm 
a lion loyalist. I love my lion. I know they're like secondary for you. But bro, I will, well, I will, <laughs> bro, while well, Scorp was lion. king dick, I didn't hear you say the, the clan name lion for fucking eight months, bro. You just... <laughs> now Mate, that, now that lion... Scorpion's equally jank, you're like, yeah, you're, you're speaking in the... You're speaking it with lion with the we um, word. Oh, we, we. Ben we. just sleeps with his head of iron man pro- at night. Just, Mate. Uh, just stay in loyal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a prideful lion, prideful lion, mate. We we look, we've been through some hard times, and we are Wait, back yeah, in we- it now. <laughs> well, I tell you what, mate. What I might do is I might invite you to some of my my like off 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 meta lion groups, and we can you know we've got like a think tank amongst some of the best global lion players. We're just thinking about how we're going to attack it. If if you are interested in lion as a clan, I that think, is. I think the ambusher from unicorn um, no. also really helps. <laughs> Like I'm wondering, oh, huge. I'm wondering if that, that, that kind of awesome. that splash should be re re looked at. I just think hand to hand, as I predicted, is just not good enough. I, I think you like attachments are still, they're actually even worse than they were pre coat. But Ben, Ben, and Ben's got some really. Games. I've watched a few of Ben's games as Lion, and he's got some incredible value hand to hands. I think one game. He like he was in military conflicts <laughs> and he like removed two of the the dude's attachments and the the dude because the dude chose to remove a fan from the, the lion character. <laughs> it, was, it was like such atta- high value. I attach really low value attachments. Them. I attach really low value attachments to tempt my players to make stupid decisions. <laughs> <laughs> so so hand to hand is like an idiot bait, right? Like you you get you get oh, some. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Yeah, some dude had a. I, I removed a watch commander and a spyglass, and he, <laughs> oh! he got a, and he he got a he got an ornate fan, man. Like big value trade. Um, but like, yeah, but like that's the, what that card does. Okay. Is it puts you like they, they they obviously in the tank thinking about what the fans for. Do you know what I mean? Like it puts them in the tank. I don't know. It's a fun card, and like that's that's all that's important to me at this point is like you have attachment removal, and it does a thing, and you just need to pilot better as to when you play your attachments. Right. What are we thinking about crab, Glenn? Have you have you tried yeah, much played, crab lately? Played a seeker of earth crab, and then I versed the mirror, which was on keeper of water, um, and I lost. And then I realized that crab unicorn is just <laughs> still the best deck. Um, some yeah, is it, the, is it Yakamoto? I think is the forecaster in the mirror. It's like okay. I chose to assassinate my own guy just so that my Yakamoto didn't unbow and his and his bowed. <laughs> um, so he's a really good character because I don't lose jewels. So it's like, dude, games where games where assassinating your own guy seems like the right line of play. I, I yeah. just love that that well, even happens in, in L5R. And in, and in the so Secret of Earth deck, oh, the, the best thing with the mirror when you're playing um, Taka uh, is that you get the fate when they sacrifice their own dudes. So like I just got double yeah, fight and I was it was just it feels really good to play. Um, it just doesn't have a game plan. I, I was like defensive broker getting and then I realized that if I do that sort of stuff, the way of the crab on his side gets so much stronger. Um, and the so and, but thing- overall, so seek has been fun to explore, but it's still very clear to me that, that crab unicorn deck is incredible. Um, the only cool stuff is that I got I was playing HMT unicorn. And my friend Dave was on Secret of Earth Crab, and he used he flopped double ballista turn one, and so I couldn't actually get my three breaks because I just lost. He just bowed all my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Glenn, I got a question for you. Um, in my, I haven't played the matchup a lot, but what I've heard and my intuition is that Eugenia made a pretty even matchup. Oh yeah, no, you, Crab. Uh, is that the primary cloud guy now? Like, do you just say "fuck to dark"? I don't care about my events. I'll use my towers. And, oh, I don't. Th- I just think it's incredibly hard to beat um, Phoenix with that crab deck now, because because literally because oh, of that. I, with with the keeper of water, you, you need yeah deck, you yeah mean? with the yeah with the keeper of water deck. I think Eugenia absolutely swings the fa- like the matchup into the Phoenix players matchup. Because you burn all their you burn all you burn yeah, all their fates before they're ready before you're ready to use them, um, and Phoenix are much better at fate, um, like storing fate, because they can spend much less on board and get the same stat value as you can in crap. So they uh, has Eugenia become the primary cloud candidate? Um, yeah, probably. Game. But like in the Secret of Earth deck, I run 
It's pretty I run close. two sabotages, so I just sabotage him before he hits the board. Uh, that's 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 my that's my answer to everything right now. I play all the earth roll decks, and you just remove the threats before they hit the board. It's honestly, it, I, I think it's sabotage. I'm still mad it's not neutral. <laughs> I'm still mad it's not sorry unlocked. Well, I wish people that have been playing so peasants' advice against me more. Like, I honestly, I just think the like the power creep is so big that rather than dealing with these big threats, I just go like f- like we're putting you in the dumpster bin before we have to deal with you, because because on turn <laughs> one, what all these people seem to be doing lately is like they just store up a f- whole heap of fate and then they put like four fate on their character turn two i'm just like this is so like yeah, this is so this is so stupid play. so i go well then i'm just gonna discard them before you can play them and then you have to rely on a a you know on the variance of your your next flop um so the the only um the only real way to punish doing that turn one like turbo investment banking johnny shen method is I think right now probably Unicorn Correct. HMT is the only deck that can force your opponent to actually start yeah, investing. Yeah, 100%. Earlier. The, the only no, thing this, I'll this say, the only thing I'll say again, way. sorry, just back to Eugenia, I think what you'll see clans switch to is honestly they'll run three of that um, Sepin Hidden Guard. I, I honestly think that's the way you, you deal with um, with that Phoenix deck currently. And so you cut your Mere Mystics and you run that instead. Are you running Finger of Jade? Because that can also stop Yeah, but like, you've got to see him, right? And then they run Let Go because they're on Dragon yeah. Splash. But if they let go... Yeah, it doesn't matter because they kill your tower. Because like, the attachments will go away anyways if they can kill the tower. So it, it doesn't really matter if they let go of the Finger. But, but, but Finger counts as a Reprieve, essentially, in that instance. So if you have a Reprieve as well or an Iron Mine as You're well... You're asking me to store a lot of Fate in Crab. I, I, I understand it. It makes the matchup... Yeah. Tough. I think that that's why Phoenix Phoenix is so good because they don't have a matchup like that where you know like none of the new cards are like poison bullets. No, for, well, the closest the closest Phoenix that deck. Phoenix has, or I believe has currently, is the HMT Unicorn deck. The only reason they actually have a fair matchup is because they have well the two things they have Eugenia to just remove like all your your non faded dudes, and they have. Yeah, Eugenia destroys no, and they have this way of power. So, like, it. even early in the game, when you get like the breaks, they they're still winning because they get the rings, which is more important. Yeah, Shiatome and Catman's dead. Yeah. The rings start doing attrition damage to you. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, kind of fun. I, I I've been uh, like my favorite combo so far has been the heavy ballista karmic balance combo. So I just like emptied my whole hand onto the like with attachments onto the board, used the ballista. Um, and then shuffled so <laughs> so that because everyone still bids five turn one so you can get away with it um yeah what right how about you let's let's talk about unicorn maybe so now um you've been playing heaps of, i've been playing a little bit of unicorn i think bert's been playing a bit of unicorn but glenn i think you've been hammering unicorn yeah a bit, no you? i, I definitely not, not have. as much i, I still don't yeah, yeah. so tell, tell us about unicorn um, and i but i said that i was pretty low on Secret of Earth Crab not really making the cut, so I said to Bert, "Give me a good deck," and he showed me that HMT Unicorn uh, is fun because you you win quite fast or you lose uh, after the early rush. Uh, it's such a unique playstyle. I feel like it's the first aggro deck I've really experienced in the game. So you can you know you can go low turn one and just buy a whole heap of low cost characters just to poke and then force pump with the ambushes um, or your bonsais, and you basically run no political conflict cards so you your whole game plan is on trying to break three provinces turn one full of military and then either cav reserves or use uh gin in the second round on the box to win the game it it does feel a bit like corset lion where you're you're buying guys with no fate and you're for greater glorying the 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 new method is you buy guys with no fate you break provinces and then when you get to the box and you're out of gist yeah. you play your cav reserves and, and the, then you i i love the i love the play style i want that and the best part about it is that you put like like i put talisman and spyglasses on like these you know the four and five fed investments that come out turn two so you just put on all the really good attachments onto on your, opponent's your opponents dudes yeah, so that they stay around opponent. so you yeah. just put like you put like I the do. talisman so you don't get broken uh on your box and you can also swing them into appealing the fortunes whenever you want it's good fun 
I do I do think that um I really like the way Cav Reserves is being played because that's kind of what the card says. Like it's hey, we, you've run out of uh <laughs> you've run out of shit quick. We need to get the Cav Reserves. Here yeah. comes the Calvary. And, yeah. Two and, and two highlights from Coat for Unicorn though is the challenge in the fields. It's such a fun such a fun that card's it's, a, it's a zero cost awesome. jewel that um you do a military jewel where you get plus one for each of the additional characters you have participating in the conflict on your side. And whoever wins, uh, sorry, whoever loses gets sent home. And so when you're winning a conflict, you can send someone home that's blocking you. And when you're losing the conflict, you can back out so you can defend appropriately. Um, it's a whole heap of fun, but even better is the Honest Challenger. Like, that guy is so fun to play. Um, I went into a conflict where the crab player blocked me with a Kasada. Um, and after I got rid of the action trigger and all that, I cav reserved three honest challenges into the conflict, and then I harpooned, and then I harpooned, <laughs> I harpooned his entire board into the defense, so that on my second, so that on my second conflict, <laughs> I could just go in, and he couldn't unbow. It was beautiful. So, so if you've got if you've got warriors on the wind. Uh, for uh, coming up uh, in the unicorn pack, yes. Uh, have you seen yeah, Warriors on the Wind, Glenn? Yeah, like yeah, which, that sort of synergy. Yeah, which is so lets you move fun. all of your cav characters yeah. home, <laughs> drag them all in, and then go I mean, home. That's fantastic. That, cards like that or cards like Honest Challenger are made so much better by captive audience being in the deck because then your second conflict's actually a massive threat yeah. as well, and then you can yeah. do HMT and then do your third. But, your third conflict's also a massive. Threat. I actually. I actually like seeing cards like like Way of the Warriors, especially if that's a one-off. I like seeing them enter the meta as well because what that's actually doing is it means that your deck has a game plan that's not exactly the same as all of the decks we've seen before. Like the whole movement angle that Unicorn have is becoming really, really cool. And it gives you like other angles of attack. It's not about, oh, I've got this attachment needs to stick, but he's got let go. So I'm kind of like meta, meta, metering you know, buster, buster, bustering that stuff. It's a different angle. And I like I like decks that have different angles of, of attack and different ways of, you know, different solution vectors as my, my, my it's friend. Not, it's not as binary, is it? And I think that's what makes the game fun. When the game's binary, it's not fun. Like, I I, I think Unicorn is, is the most unique... Unicorn HMT is the most unique deck out there right now because there's no other aggro contenders. Like, Lion can't do it anymore. Yeah. But um, yeah. I... I want we, what we need in L5R, in my opinion, is for that archetype to be present in multiple clans and to be strong enough that it can win tournaments and is either tier 1.5 or tier 1. Because right now, the way I see it is you've got Phoenix Good Stuff, which has Tadaka and Five Fires. That's one archetype. Then you have Dueling Towers, and then you have Unicorn HMT. And then there's a, there's a fourth archetype that we want to talk about at the end I think, of the cast, I think right? the um, other thing to consider, though, my only concern right now with the game is just the prevalence of unbow. Uh, like, as in, like, it's not conditional. So, like, it's not like unbow a three cost or unbow, you know, like a character with no attachments or like things like, like It just feels like right now um, you're able to just get one really strong dude out and it's really hard for an opponent to be able to bow, like, keep that guy bowed. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, you have to so, you have to match you have to match their tower with your tower or find some yeah other like way covert and those sort of yeah, things. And but I, I just feel like I just feel like the amount of un yeah. like to me personally, I just think the game would be much more diverse if it was following the thematics of like people coming and going, like your characters leave play and you you're getting new characters enter the story rather than like five fate Tadaka, uh, this dude's. But I think wasn't there at the start. I think at the start of the game there was an article written how characters staying around and permanence is, is kind of that was kind of the central theme to the game. So I don't think that would <laughs> <really> change. <laughs> I, I find what I find so humorous about it is a game like Game of Thrones where, you know, I mean, yes, everybody dies, Valamogulus, whatever, but the characters you buy don't have a innate expiry like they do in L five R. And yet L five R, the characters last far, yeah. far longer. Like yeah. turns so, turns longer. So I want to I want to make a little comment here, right? And I totally agree with everything you guys are saying, right? However, I'm gonna I'm, I always like to be the glass half full guy, right? And and one of the things that I've seen in personal experience playing this game in coat, and and I think that it will only will theoretically, hopefully, it keeps going this direction, is because the game's getting sharper because you know it's a deeper card pool. So whatever solution vectors you're you've decided to you know to put your 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 train on those rail lines and go for it. 
um, they're getting getting stronger. So I found that Fallen in Battle, for example, is more reliable. Um, I'm seeing that in my Scorpion deck, and and probably uh, you know with, with Social Puppeteer, and I'm sure Glenn can attest to this that things like I Can Swim are becoming more reliable as we start to see the PK stuff, like the just remove a character from the table stuff becoming more reliable then what that means is that those tower decks become more like it's scarier to put all of your eggs in one basket because at the moment i feel like especially like if you look at people pre-coat that were playing say crab for example or dragon they just load a bunch of stuff on a forfeit character invest like the world in that one character have mitsu with a bazillion or, or ratsugu with a bazillion attachments on lots of fate and that seems like an extremely sane thing to do. And and today it still probably feels pretty good to do that, right? Like you just chuck all of your stuff on one dude, then untap them as many times you possibly well, can. You don't even have to unbattle them, them right? All you can the them in. Like the, yeah. Like there's like yeah, all yeah, these yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No. But the point is, yeah, it's correct. repeat value, right? It's like you're getting massive value. But when, um, you know, targeted kill becomes more accessible, well, as it, as it's not when, but as it is becoming more accessible, I think those units become uh, it, that strategy becomes less dominant. It's probably always going to be strong, but it will be well. I less I think dominant. So I think I think, I think that's also then you'd see a shift where rather than filling their deck full of forty incredibly strong like pumps and all that, they then have to expend six cards on like three above questions, three finger of jades. Like you're right. Like it alters the deck building on both sides, right? Like we you know one side gets more kill options, the other one gets um, different ways to try and prevent those kills. Like it, it yeah. does, it does shake up deck building on both I, sides. So I definitely, I definitely agree with what you're saying there, and that is exciting. Where like maybe you're right, where it does shift that way. I just think right now, to darker of all of them, like you're one Earthring away from losing that game plan. <laughs> like because if they hit your um, your fallen battle, the only way to get out of it is karmic karmic balance to get your. I mean that's another meta card, right? Tadaka yeah, is just a could, massive problem. You could comic balance I... your deck back, right? And then you can play all your cards again. <laughs> like, there are ways to play around him rather than Cloud. So, I agree. So, we've been talking a lot about the competitive meta here. Um, however, as a, as a um, long-time collectible uh, and living card game player, I love the jungle meta. And when a big new expansion hits, there's nothing more I love than hopping on a Smurf account and just playing yeah. the weirdest shit and hopefully coming up against some. And there was an opponent's deck I'd like to highlight at the moment, which I just thought was amazing. So there's this new, uh, like, dragon character. I don't even know his name. You guys might know his name, but he lets you... He has an action on him where he can move fate from one ring to yeah, another, the, um, and he gains an Frank Tranquil monk? Tranquil. The tranquil idiot. Right. So I was playing against a dude who first turn bought that guy out and then second turn bought that guy out. He went second, so on turn two, he was going first. He's got two of these tranquil idiots out, right? He transfers fate from two rings onto... onto so there's three three rings that have got one fate on it. He transfers all the fate to one ring, gaining two honor. He's been bidding one both turns, and he bids one the entire <laughs> game, right? And his deck is almost entirely attachments, right? And by the end of the game, right, it was a really, really tight game. He had one unit with, like, a huge amount of stuff on... Well, he had two units with a huge amount of stuff on him, right? And just all like inbuilt jewels. He's playing the Crane Splash, Miramoto's Day Show, and he he was very close to dishonoring me and very close to winning through honor. And it was like a hard. I I kind of talked to him about it, and he said it was a hard honor deck. He said that it can dishonor, but its primary win condition was honoring out. And he claimed that the deck had won through honoring out quite a few times. So I didn't I didn't see it win through honor out, but I saw it got pretty close. I just love the deep jungle. What 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 other deep jungle yeah, decks like, have you guys seen? That though, right? Like. That's that's probably why that yeah. piece, like whatever whatever that card is that costs three, where they can lose four, uh, lose four honor, or you gain four. Oh man, no, karmic no, no, balance. Um, yeah, it's like he, piece of something, he, and it's like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's Ebersu. why like Prest I love Ebersu. those sort of cards. But like that jungle, that sounds awesome, man. Like I feel like that deck builder, whoever that is, like they went. Everyone's still gonna bid five. Uh, I love that sort of approach where it's like you just go like you go against the bid meta. Um, and it shakes it up. Oh, and I've been. Have you? Have any of you guys been comic? Oh, I've, I've done it. I've done I had it a hand of people. seven. It, it's incredible. I had a hand of seventeen so that good. got comic. <laughs> very sad. Oh, how did you let that happen, Ben? <laughs> I was. I was playing. I had three cancels in my okay. hand, but they all required me to be in a conflict. I was playing lion. I was on on oh, yeah. uh, Jay's box, ben, and he just you, comic um, balanced me. Do you ever feel like now? I just shake up the bid now. 
don't you just feel like shaking up the bid? You just, yeah, you just chuck in that random three. And it's just it just oh, throws them off. Oh, three. <laughs> Not turn one. Three but, is the uh, new four. Three three is the new four, because <laughs> they all bid four. And then you still and then you got them. It's like a gotcha moment. Cause, the yeah. hipsters bid four, you so know, you now you bid three because you're you were into four years ago, but speaking you know, of jungle matter, <laughs> I've found that contingency plan in my decks has like surprised a lot of these dual decks. Let's do you want let's let's shape your deck up, man. Talk, talk to us about your deck because this <laughs> the, deck's uh, the jungle. It's done pretty well. Like it doesn't seem to have um, yeah. Well, it's it's Glenn's it's, jungle, uh, but it's successful. It yeah, wins lots so of Bert games. Grinded against it last week. It's a scorpion mill deck that utilizes basically every card that has the word like mill or discard from the conflict side of the opponent's deck. So it runs three of that new snake dude, the Midnight Prowler. Uh, the heart of the deck is the Intimidating... Oh, sorry, Heartless Intimidator. Um, and you splash it in a Phoenix package with Display of Powers and Oracle of Stones uh, with a bit of spice with by going Fate Worse Than Death rather than Forge Edict. And then you run three Censures and a Yogo Kikyo to make up for your cancels. Um... How's the deck gone? It's it, you can mill people out on turn three. Generally, it doesn't really as long as they bid five, turn one, and turn two, you can get them by turn three. What's the what's the uh, Phoenix matchup like with? Uh, only Vespert once, and I I managed to remove his Tadaka. That's because I saved all my like he I hit his uh, UA uh, without having a Fate Western Death in my hand, so I broke it, and then he didn't see. Um, the fate worse than deaths. So then I still had it for the Tadaka. Um, I don't think it's favorable, but you can definitely get some surprises. Like you can do display of power, get the earth ring off them. So then you can play cards. I think one of the reasons why Phoenix has had its rise is because Scorpion was yeah. that poison matchup up until the RL2. And now that that's not there, they kind of have a little bit of free yeah. reign. But Scorpion, I think you guys are proving that both of you are proving that Scorpion has still has a place. And one of the big benefits of playing Scorpion, a deck like yours, Glenn, I personally probably wouldn't play all the mill tech. Um, having said that, it has you have got me to make within mill territory where I had to lose the game because otherwise I was going to lose the game to recycle. But um, I think that, you know, given that all these decks are running towers and decks are fast and the other the good aggro deck is Unicorn, which burns its own honor really quick, having a dishonor strategy is really strong because you can just dodge the towers and say, I'm not going to duel you, bro. I'm going to display a power and then I'm going to... You, you go asymmetrical, right? Yeah, you just, well, you just play a totally I, different game. And so, so that's, like, that's a the cool The concept thing. of the deck mainly was that um, Scorpion, Dishon, I often found you still bit high. And I felt like sometimes that can lead to you not being able to you know, close the game fast enough against these faster decks. But if you go for the mill approach, you only have to get them to five. And then depending on what your draw has been, you can... Like they could be on twelve cards. Like Ben, Ben and Bert, I've seen it. Like you can be on twelve cards, and I can get you down to zero like that turn, because if you play, you can just Oracle of Stone, and then if you have one Heartless Intimidator out, each backhanded compliment's actually hitting you for two because you're drawing one. So you're losing one honor, and you're drawing a card, and you're milling a card. Um, so if you have, and then if you have two Heartless Intimidators out, you're hitting them for three cards. Um, and again, it's the concept. It's the same concept as sabotage. It's just remove the cards before they even hit the opponent's hand. You know, like if you hit their charges, like it's variable because it's mill. But if you hit their charges, or if you hit their, you know, their really strong cards that they want to see, um, you're getting value. I think people underrate just the idea of mill, um, and they they also people underrate the cost of shrine maiden. Yeah. When well, you mill, like, certain key I've cards. seen people against me. They still play their shrine mode, and when they mill three, it's like it's just <laughs> it's really helping me because it um it's just advan- yeah. it just means I get there faster. Like it's not a big effect, right? Like mil- your your goal when you're using these mill effects is to get them to zero cards in their decks so that they lose five on us. It's a big one, like massive yeah. no, well, in one you, go. You got to chip away but, at it, right? But every yeah. mill does count, right? Like if you if you see okay, that they've lost two display of powers to my mill, you know that you can go and win rings or, you yeah. know, and so on and so on. No, it, it's been fun. It's been fun. Can I ask? Go. Can, can I ask, has has Midnight Prowler got a No, I, I, I just put it in because it was thematic. I I found that as Scorpion, without Bonsai's, I n- r- never really won 
a military conflict. I, I mean, you can set it up right, like so, so like, maybe they could attack you. Yeah. You block with the prowler. The, the problem is if you block um, and you play fate worse than death, they'll just play defend your honor. So you, I, I've learned that you can't block, and then you fate worse than death them, and then they they go home bowed and dishonored. Well, this might be a good way to segue into the previews. Uh, so it's the non-clan previews for um, the Warriors on the Wind and uh, the Unicorn Pack and might start with the new Scorpion character, which kind of which may or may not fit into your deck. So Shizuro Hayubu is a three-fate unique um, courtier. She's got three mil, two political, one glory reaction after an opponent discards one or more cards from his or her hand due to the cost or effect of a card ability. Choose a character, dishonor that character. Uh, have you thought about this one? Have yeah. you looked at it? What do you, does think it fit into your between deck? Between Spizer, Court, and Oracle of Stone, this card is quite good uh, yeah. for what for what a mill game plan is. I'm pretty confident that other, like outside of that, unless we see more cards that discard cards from an opponent's hand, um, it may not be as good. The cool thing you could do, right, is with this new Unicorn Pack, you play like Trading with the Sand Road, and you hit your Oracle of Stone off that, and then you trigger it so that you then get the free dishonor. You don't lose the card parity from playing the Oracle of Stone from the training the sand road, road pool. Um, Love it. And then Love it. the more dishonor effects you can have in the mill deck, the better, because the more intimidated triggers you get without expending cards. I, so I you got it. You quite good. And I can swim gets turned on, which is what <laughs> you also are wanting currently out of Scorpion. You're wanting to be able to just have dishonored characters before they hit conflict. So that then your first action can always just be I can swim if your dual dials are different, which is what Maze of Illusion and the social uh, what's the is it social puppeteer social puppeteer. So th- this this person doesn't work with Ring of Earth, right? No, it's, it's a cost. No, it doesn't. Or no, effect of no. a card so, ability. So like, so it is card, it is pretty or, narrow in application. It's got a nice stat line. It's interesting to see a courtier with three two instead of like two three. It's a mil. It's a military it's courtier. Defender, There's not many bro. of them around. It's like perfect so that you don't have to run forge anymore. Just run this character. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, don't run this character. You can but. also you can. I guess you could also use duels training, right? Because when you win the duel, if you if you bid, the bids are different. You pay by cards. Yeah, that'd be um, funny. I. Anything that has a, has a dishonor a character in Scorpion dishonor is going to be worth a look at. I'm not sure how. What you need to make sure is that you're getting this off every turn if you invest fate into it. And I think that's going to be the challenge. Mm, with so, it. so what if you I run? Guess, I think obviously, I don't know. Obviously, it works run, well. Yeah, if you run Oracle of Stone and then you run like two spies at court, would you consider like if you have five cards that do something, would you consider it Bert, or would you need more cards? Do you run that do it? I think you would need. I think you would need more like eight or nine. What if probably. It, Otherwise, I think Miyako... Are you running conflict uh, characters? Yeah, t- uh, Yogo Kikyo and two Cunning Magistrates. So this person actually pairs well with Miyako, no, no, no. right? Like they either discard no, a card and dishonor because, a guy. Because they'll just always... Um, di- no, they'll just discard a card. Uh, yeah, they'll always just dishonor, correct? Because then you don't get the secondary effect. But I mean, that's pretty good though. I mean, they'll always just dishonor, but like... Having a guaranteed dishonor, then rather than discarding a card when someone's got like twelve cards in their hand, I think I would almost thing. rather play always rather play Miyako. Yeah. I, w- I will say though, stable. discarding from people's hands is getting stronger because the cards are getting better, right? So like Earth Ring to me yeah. has always been the best ring, but I don't know. Like Void Ring to me has never been what wins you games. It's the Earth Ring to gain cards. I think Void. Um, I think Void was a lot stronger when people yeah, weren't correct. putting it, eight fate. It just feels, card. it feels like um, what's it called? Vassal Fields feels. It's just like you're just doing a token like pinprick rather than a meaningful action. Um, yeah. yeah, that was a cool. Right. Yeah, that's a cool so, character. Um, all right, let's go. Let's go backwards then. Ivory Kingdom's unicorn. We have a rhino slash unicorn. It's been misidentified have, as wait, a unicorn. We have a this we have a rhino. So. <laughs> We got a rhino, man. We got a rhinoceros, and riding on the, and it's actually it's actually piloted by some sort of great cat. Uh, it's a three fated, a three fate, <laughs> um, four military dash political. So it's policy debate immune and a bunch of other political dual immunes. Uh, creature Gaijin, um, it's a Gaijin card that may be useful at some point. Reaction, compass, baby, it compass. It works with Gaijin compass, compass man. as well because it's neutral. That is true. A reaction. 
Yeah, you can run it. You can run it in a, a unicorn deck and then use Gaijin Customs. Um, reaction after the resolution of a conflict in which his character is attacking, if the province was broken in the conflict, immediately declare your next conflict for the phase. The conflict is military instead of its normal type. So it's another way of converting political conflicts to military. So it gives you consistency. Is this is this a HMT potential card? It's not Cav, but you know if it's what? It's going to go anywhere. Getting? That's where it will go, right? Like it's not. You're not playing you any other deck. You could switch out think. Master of the Swift Waves, I think, for this in in the current HMT deck that doesn't run the Force of the Rivers, um, because being able to guarantee that you have uh, like another military conflict uh, is quite good straight away. I'm glad that this guy's in the game. An amazing flavor, just because of flavor. But the amazing flavor text: fat, stupid, and ugly. A perfect unicorn. <laughs> it's it's weird though, right? So you can't just, so so you can't use it with Kaiden Bayushi because, like, you'd win your first military and then you immediately have to declare your next conflict, right? It's like breakthrough. Yeah. So you can't so you can't like have him like, dishonored and then unbow him. There's like no there's like no window to do that, right? Well, unless you've but you can't have an attachment, so you can't have a Sashimono on him. So, yeah, there's probably not a lot of ways for him. I don't, to I don't think he'll see play. Um, did you? One thing I do like about it, well, two things: zero glory. I think that's great. And yep. then the other thing is that the quote that you, the the fat, stupid, and ugly quote, that's by a Caliph Haroon. So Caliph Haroon, that sounds very much like a Burning Sands uh, title. So I do like yeah. I I, lo- I do love when they slowly like by I always love when they sort of foreshadow things by including in flavor text some cool stuff and they're like because this this is Ivory Kingdoms and Ivory Kingdoms is you know beyond the wall up north and uh, you know it's and then you've got Caliph Haroon and that's like a you know a Burning Sands title so it's kind of like teasing that one day we might get to see what's beyond the wall yeah really cool the mountain the mountain wrong setting the mountain. It seems. Yes. It seems like. Anyway, it seems like. Yeah. Next card? yeah, it seems fine. It's like four. So what? Defend your honor works with it. There's a few cool interactions with it. There's just card. all these. I was sorry. L five R nerds yelling at me. I was calling the. I was um. Spine. I was deep in the jank <laughs> tank of thinking of how to um do it in HMT where you can use smuggling deal on his reaction. <laughs> so like favorable like favorable oh, in for the second one and then gaijin him to unbow him and then smuggling deal to like to trigger it again. <laughs> the big problem is you've the, the immediately declaring the conflict isn't that big of a benefit. The benefit is flipping pole to mill, which you already have. Yeah, but with CA, that, so with I, I, but with I that warriors of the wind thing, right? You could like charge him in uh, and then send all your cap <laughs> home for the second conflict. Like it's sort of like I'm not seeing <laughs> we'll, it. We'll see. All right, Ben. Next card. <laughs> next one, a daimyo, a master, Ka- Kaito Nobukai. Hey, hold it's, on a it's second. It's Kasori's it? dad, right? Is it? But I thought Kido Kasori was the daimyo. But anyway, um, to, anyway, Kido Nobukai, uh, Nobukai uh, a two-two for for three, um, a courtier and a daimyo. So pretty terrible stats. Two glory action during a conflict in which his character is participating. Sacrifice his character. Bow each participating character. Characters cannot be moved to this conflict. The art of archery is the art of letting go. Really cool, interesting effect that we haven't really seen before at all. It's like incredible cost and an incredibly powerful um, effect. I think this might be a one X. Like it's probably worth trying out. You know, if you if you're in games where you're behind, like against HMT, and you just need a turn to rebalance, it's really really good. It's um, like a, what about as a box defense? Yeah, it's great for defending your stronghold. But I think it being a dynasty card is what makes it tough because you. Timing it is going to be really hard. You never ever want to see it early game ever. So it goes. It's going to be a tricky one. It goes in the no deck, guys. Just IMS no deck. Just you know, that deck that just (laughs) says you cannot play L five R. Just add this in. Oh, it just was well like Tadaka and lots of event cancels. It's Tadaka, Lighthouses, Kondro District, Emperor. Emperor. Like like it's just (laughs) it's just it's just you don't play L five R. It's beautiful. It's it's MP in the deck. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is a two co- a two costa bushy Agasha Taiko. Unique she is. Um, the Agasha family are a family of noted Shigenja. This one is not. She is a bushy. Uh, two two zero glory. I like the zero glory. That's pretty sweet. Reaction after you play this character, choose a non stronghold province. That province cannot be attacked this round. How could it be wrong to seek the enlightenment that Izumi? So effortlessly possesses when all we walk when we all walk towards Takashi's wisdom. 
So that's what I ask you all. First of all, uh, this card has some of my favorite art I've ever seen in the game. It really reminds me of the Curse of the Golden Flower that Shane Yumu yeah. film, which I just absolutely love. So that's check that's that film out. I've seen it. <laughs> great movie. That's all I'll say that's positive about it. Um, what about what but, about the perspective on the art? Like the flowers, you notice the oh, perspective, so cool. but the bottom left of the image, the flowers actually feel like they're popping out at you. Yeah, and then the, the background's out of focus, which it looks yeah. really cinematic. It's you really, guys don't really sound cool. excited by a tutu um, that can be assassinated. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, I think two drops are really, really hard ass. Dragon's got a stacked dynasty deck. And then it's another problem, same problem with Nobukai that we just reviewed, is that timing is the issue with this. Because turn one, when all provinces are face down, does nothing. And then at the end of the game, if your stronghold's revealed, it does nothing. And you never want to see it. So I think it's just, and the effect is kind of marginal. What if you, anyway. like, what if, what if you like um, bait maybe- them, right? Like, you know, they're on chasing the sun and you say, you, you and then you say, <laughs> no, listen. And then you go, you can't attack restoration balance. They don't know it's restoration, but you go, you can't attack here. And they go, huh, I'll go somewhere else. And they're chasing the sun into it. <laughs> it's like, got it. Oh, gotcha. mind games. <laughs> I love it. I, I do I do like you think that might be a thing one day. No, maybe because, it is in like, the, in the Shiro this, Shonen this deck. In the, this is in the pack because it's trying to deny the one fade off the unicorn box, right? Yeah, yeah. Shiro Shonen. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, so here's a card we can disagree about. Uh, Ikoma uh, Anakazu, who is a four cost three three conflict character with two glory from Lion, who's a Bushi and a Daimyo, so he's the boss of the Ikoma. Uh, during each conflict in which this character is participating, it gets plus three, plus three if your opponent has broken one or more of your provinces this phase. So if you've already lost, he's pretty good. Uh, and his quote is, You're dis- you dishonor yourself and your clan with this rejection, mistress of the impetuous wind. So he's really angry so, at the unicorn. Uh, and it's got four so Bert, influence. So Bert was asking what theme, you know, Lion needs a game plan. And it seems like FFG is providing one where you, it's win, sorry, lose more to win. But what do you think? Dude, if that's our theme going forward, I am rock hard about that because I loved Martell in Game of Thrones uh, LCG 1.0. And I love, like, that's a great thing. It, it got, I love playing it. It's a theme of revenge as well, right? Like, and it, it fits Lion. It fits Lion pretty well. We get into They love fights. revenge. They love revenge. <laughs> I think, the, yeah, as a theme, it's great. I don't, I'm not sure if this guy's text box is that It's strong. pretty good, man. It's, what is it? It's a 4 6 6. The big. I think the big benefit is just having six pole on a body in no, line is basically impossible. We'll get this, right but what so. if they hit your appealing to the fortunes and you just drop him? Yeah, uh, with the, with appealing, it's fucking like, sick. Isn't yeah. isn't that your so with appealing? And what about there's that character that makes uh, the new the four cost line that makes things too cheaper? <laughs> That's so I've, spicy I've too. played a lot like of. That. I've actually, I've actually played a fair bit of Matsusuko, but and not with Akoma like and a Kazo. Not with him, but I've I've never even been able to get in, into positions where I was. Do you know? Like, do you know why, Bert? Because you're not well. bidding two turn one. <laughs> I was no, I was. I bit, dude. I bit <laughs> one happened? turn one. You lost two provinces. Is that is that the problem? <laughs> no, I just got crushed. <laughs> you, went, I've, you went. You don't go full bid one. That's the, that's, that's it. That's the. I think Suko. Went, I don't. Yeah. I don't understand why Suko had to have. If you are more honourable, I think that's just a dick punch. Like the card would still be like if the, if you remove that from the text. Still, no one would go, oh my god, she's a 5 out of 5. It would still be, oh, while you're attacking, you get a cost reduce. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. As it is, so I think I, it was just unnecessary. That I just think that you should run her and smuggling, um, the smuggling smugglers, whatever the hell it is, that let you use your ability twice. Because, you, that's because, pretty because then you need, you go, bang, then you need to be more honorable for, tw- you know, twice. <laughs> like, just <laughs> adding to the challenge then. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. 13 to no, 12, I, yeah, and then you smuggling deal. I think you're like, haha. This- and, and they're like, uh, we're equal now, bro. This guy's also got great art, and he is a bit of a step in the right direction, like a very, very tiny baby yeah. step. Um, we finally have a conflict character that's not a one drop that's worth buying. I think, online, which I think is appealing. Cool. I just think appealing to the fortunes is like appealing's where he's really strong. You just strong, kind yeah. of um, you just talisman them into it, and then you God, you get a yeah. free six six with appealing. He's also super, super good when you can't get through Kurimori Correct. because he's a six yeah. pole. He, he, he's like yeah. anti-jewel like as well, right? So you've lost one. And I then... think you'd probably play, probably play yeah, well too. Yeah, 100%. Uh, what do you think of the four influence though? I, I thought most of the unique uh, conflict characters you couldn't splash. And I thought it... I think it's in, it's kind of weird that a daimyo would ever like align with another clan. But I guess if you... I mean, 
that that is effectively saying you can't play this guy. Well, I'll be no real. I, my my first oh, thought unless there's a unicorn. Really... So yeah. like, I run the ready for battle hand to hand package instead and put one of him in. Yeah, because you're running yeah, appealing yeah. in that deck too, right? Um, I think that what I really, I think the reason why this character has, I mean, thematically, forgetting about the mechanics for a second, thematically, is I think this guy is really angry. He's very emotional. And I feel like <laughs> emotions are very easy to manipulate. So I think he joins people because he's like, that guy screwed me over. So I'm going to, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So I'm going to join with these guys and screw him over. I think that's that's kind of the, the jam, his jam. He's an angry man. Right. So now to the person who wears way too many clothes. Uh, Kikita Ryoku <laughs> she has massive massive kimono on um, she's got very very long flowing hair she looks pretty cool and she's got like some red attendants in the background I don't know what they're doing but uh, she is a three cost unique courtier she's imperial one military three political and she has two glory reaction after a phase begins any phase if you have the imperial favor choose a character honor that character uh, and then she has a quote which is from the virtue of her writing Gossip about the former Imperial advisor inevitably becomes reverent praise. I think the ability is pretty cool. Um, I just worry that Crane have quite a strong dynasty overall and have a political body isn't one of their weaknesses. I think part of the reason why Toshimoko got a lot of praise and is included in decks is because of his huge numbers in, in the red stat. So I don't know... In this climate, if you really need I think her, it adds consistency. I mean, honoring right? a character in Crane it's is like, always good. I just, I, my fear is that they, Crane's weak, one weakness was if they couldn't find an honor card turn one, you actually got to have a turn before before it all got cancelled. Um, yeah. And that can still be the case turn one here, but then turn two onwards, if they win the favor, um, they, they have a consistent way to be more honorable, oh, sorry, have more honored characters than you. I think the, the conditions are just too too hard to attain, even in Crane, where I think you, you don't want to be making suboptimal plays for your whole turn just to get favor, right? So, like, if you buy this character, your opponent knows, all right, they've invested five fate, they need to win favor. So I can attack them in different ways, and I, I know what their game plan is going to be this phase. It's going to yeah. be to try is and it, win favor. Is it weird, though? I, I think so Crane's I, second best at getting the... Oh, maybe third best at getting the favor. I think they're pretty... They're pretty good at it, but even the be- the very best clans still don't have it. They might have it seventy percent of the yeah. time. You know, Depends if you attack or not. Maybe maybe this is a wait. This is maybe a wait a while card. Yeah, we have to wait and see. Maybe you know what? Maybe in the honor running deck where you you put like five fate on this character and you just always get favor and you just honor your weenies as they're leaving play. And Seems legit. So it's more of a it's yeah for a potential on a running deck it might be a good part well, of that engine because you can do yep. it you can I do it turn so. one in the cool. fate phase and then you can do it like you can get it every turn if you played it turn one. Yeah, you just need to make sure you win that favor. Yep. So probably just to to round out the cast for today, there's a few shout outs wanted to do. One of them is we are um, registration is open and it's the I mean we we talked about this on the last pod and I've I've shouted it out to, or we've shouted it out to every group that we can think about. But uh, just in case you you haven't some somehow you're listening to this specific podcast and you haven't looked at any L5R groups is the Australian and Southeast Asian um, Discord League Volume Six is out. It's ready to go. We're going to be kicking it off on uh, registration close Monday midnight uh, at Australian Eastern Standard Time. So that's going to be very soon, probably like within 24 hours of listening to this podcast. Uh, and the games are going to round one will kick off on Tuesday. We've already got people registered from Indonesia and Singapore, China, Hong Kong, uh, even some people from Australia. No one from Tasmania yet, though. That's yeah, we're going quasi national, quasi national boys. Quasi national. <laughs> we've got folk, we've got a whole bunch of folk from Western Australia this time. We've got some South Australia, we've got a bit of everything. So it's pretty, pretty exciting. Um, hopefully it'll, uh, It'll, uh, it's, it's a, it already has more than, uh, last season because I think that was the Christmas break. So people were just kind of, Relaxing yep. a bit. And we, um, the finals for last season, we actually got about 35 viewers, including international attention, which is about what like an EC broadcast would get. So, you know, it's a, it's a good event and the hopefully we get to cast some more amazing games of L5R for it. Yeah, we've got some cool guests coming up as well. We've got uh, some folk, we've got a bit of a crafting roundtable coming up later this week. So you'll get to hear from folk who are making stuff 
that goes with L5R, which is kind of, you know, the making stuff crew. I think they add a lot of um, enjoyment and value to our community. Living out the artisanship represented in the uh, in the cards that they play. Or you can just be like yes. me and be an illustrious um, plagiarist. And we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So do you guys uh, got any shout outs? Anything you want to just let the world know? Uh, anything um, to come to attention? Oh, There's going to be like yeah, shout yeah. out to Sabotage. Preventing Tadakas from hitting the board since 2019. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To- Two things. I'll say, if you're sick of towers, go and try out Unicorn HMT and just win or lose in two turns. It's really satisfying. And also, check out Simkoff's um, spreadsheet data set thing that's making the rounds on social media that has all the results from from ECs and Kotais this season, which is really, really cool to kind of break down all the stats. Oh, actually, just on that, by the way, Ben, I think um, from other game communities, having stats like that is a huge ask. And so it is very much appreciated that you do that because I feel like it does add a lot to the competitive uh, side of the game to have hard data. Uh, so th- it's yeah, also just cool 100%. to talk about and analyze it, and think about. It elevates the conversations point, right? that we have because it gives us evidence to back up what we're saying. So thank you so much. No worries. Well, I appreciate that. And remember to click on the... There is, there's a link on that spreadsheet which says... Uh, chart stats and pictures it's all in capital letters if you click on that link there's a i've put together some charts and graphs as well um which kind of show you you know it's kind of the aggregate so it shows you how the clans have been going over time and then it's got like you know who are the top ranked players etc how the splashes are doing one a little usage tip i would give people because you can filter by event type and country and release etc by going downstairs and clicking the little filters but one thing you can do which you might not have realized yet is if you click a clan name in the clan scoreboard, it will filter the entire dashboard by that clan name. So you can go, who are the best Phoenix players? And you can see, you know, what who are Phoenix splashing or unicorn, etc. And if you and you can even if you hold control, you can select multiple clans at once. So you can kind of compare clans to each other. Um, so there are like there are a bunch of cool little ways of using it. And I would highly suggest anyone who has any ideas for particular stats, charts, graphs. Just send them, uh, you know, onto the Hidden City Rollers at gmail.com or use our Hidden City Rollers Facebook page or tweet us at Hidden City Rollers, uh, and and you know I'll, I'll do my best to, to get them up there. Uh, also, else, I also just want to say, yeah, one last thing. Um, send me any weird decks that you want us to potentially feature on the cast because that's one of my favorite sub um, segments is when we Wait. dissect a new deck, and there are plenty of new decks going around. Um, Me and Butters right have a line deck for you for Thursday, but we'd love one from the community as well, so we can compare the two. <laughs> We've got one for you already, but I'm excited. <laughs> I just think Butters is the one that should announce it. <laughs> um, oh, and, and probably one, one last thing over here, which is that uh, if you're in a playgroup that's not Melbourne, um, well, that's not the Melbourne CBD, uh, and you would like it featured on hidden city rollers you know we've done portland now we did we did brizzy uh please let us know at the aforementioned uh channels of communication because we'd love to speak to you and the weirder your playgroup is the better uh cool all right well thanks everybody for tuning in uh and until next time keep on rolling thank you